He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the perfect judge, the perfect defender, and our perfect savior. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth with Madison Sanderson. Grab your Bible, a cup of coffee, and let's celebrate him. Good evening. So I cannot believe that it's actually been, um, I think it's been almost two weeks since I did my last podcast. And I absolutely hate using the term busy because that's just what we say nowadays as a response to uh, different questions. But we truly have been. Um, I finally found just a couple of minutes when I was by myself and able to actually um, just kind of share some more stuff that has been very heavy on my heart. Um, and so this week, instead of, um, I guess, kind of talking about a specific topic or a specific person or anything like that, I don't know. Um, I really wanted to just kind of give you guys some insight into my mind and my process in deciding what I'm going to allow um, my basically my my eyes to read, my mind to think on, my heart to kind of absorb the that different sort of stuff. Um, because I had a few people ask me from the last episode, uh, like, what are the what are devotionals that I would tell them to stay clear of, and what are ones that I would recommend um, alongside the ones that I had already recommended. And so it kind of started getting me to think more and more about just what are other things that I use to supplement my time and not, I don't just sit around and do Bible study itself. I I love to read as I've said before. And so I do read a lot of different books. Um, but I recently, I mean, I say recently, I guess within the last six months, have really been shifting my focus on what I allow myself to read and what I allow myself to um, just give my time to. Because as I just said, I've been so busy that I haven't been able to give a lot of time to different things. And if I'm going to give any of the little extra time that I have, whether it's, um, you know, I have time to sit and read or have time to sit and listen to somebody speak or have time to watch a movie or something like that. I want to make sure that it's worth my time. And this all changed for me when I really genuinely started um, having a different mindset. And the mindset was multiple levels. It was one, realizing that everything I thought that I knew about scripture and about being a Christian and about um, leading people to Christ and being a disciple and all these different things was completely wrong. Well, I shouldn't say completely wrong, but there was definitely a large portion of it that was not accurate. And it's because we live in a place where people can just give you their take on it. They can give you their advice on it. And we're so used to that, that we take what they say and 
mark it as gold and we move on and we don't do our own research. And we don't realize that there's a lot of people that they might profess that they are believers or they might profess that they, you know, are pastors and they might actually be in that role. But in reality, they are not shepherding you. They are not leading you to good places. And that comes through even in our books that we read and even in the podcasts that we listen to and even in the movies that we watch, the music that we listen to. We're bombarded so often with things that um, can be, it's basically like the wolf in sheep's clothing. It looks so good, but it's not. And that's one of the shifts is that I realized that everything I thought was wrong. I realized that while I would profess that I loved God, which I did, I truly did. I've loved God for many, many, many years. And I have truly given my life to him many, many years ago. But when I realized that when I'm looking at scripture and I'm pulling out things that I think need to do with myself, instead of looking at it as this is about God, like this is his conversation with me. I pray and he answers through his word. And this is his conversation with me of him telling me who he is, who Jesus is, what they did, what they've accomplished, why I can believe in them. And this isn't about me. The Bible has, it. I mean, the only parts that are about me are whenever it's talking about basically how bad of humans we are. Like, we're not good. Um, and that's going to be a whole other episode that I'm going to get into later on. But um, I started realizing that I didn't want to take away from what I was seeing in scripture. And so I needed to guard my heart and guard my mind on the things that I was allowing to come in and try to contradict what I'm starting to learn and starting, I started to realize. And so I had a bookcase full of all kinds of books that were written by quote unquote Christian authors but the more I started reading into them and the more I started looking into them and more I started actually doing the research of who this person is instead of just taking them at their word because their book is a bestseller. And I started realizing that while these books might say God's name and they might say some scripture, they might take a verse, usually out of context, and put it in their book, it doesn't mean that it's a biblical book whatsoever. A lot of them, their focus, especially for women, is to make us feel like we are better people. I don't know if you've ever gone to some a woman event or if you've gone to a woman's Bible study, but I, just to be super blunt, I am very, very skeptical of a good woman's Bible study, even though I know that they do exist. I am very well aware that they do exist. Um, I have just not been privy to actually attend one. Um, But I do know that they are out there. I just know that many women's Bible studies tend to be, one, either more us-centered than God-centered, or it's more of a gossip fest, um, or we don't actually spend a lot of time truly seeking God's biblical word over things. Instead, we 
you know, we'll study a verse and we'll talk about what we think about that verse. And none of us went and did the research of like, so let's say we're, uh, I'm going to be reading a little bit out of Galatians. So let's say we were talking about Galatians, but none of us actually went and did the research of like, why in the world would Paul be writing to the Galatians? And where were they even at? And how does Paul even know them? What is the what is the purpose of this actual letter? Instead of thinking, well, I'm reading Galatians because I need to get something out of this. And so clearly Paul's writing to me. Um, wrong, wrong, wrong. It's not written to you. It is written to the Galatians. And so... We have a lot of Bible studies geared specifically towards women. And again, there could be those out there for men. I'm just not, I'm not knowledgeable on the men's side whatsoever. This is just from my own personal experience. Um, And so please don't take this as me telling you that you need to leave your life group because no women's life group is okay. That is not what I'm saying. For myself personally, I have not attended one that has been deep and that has actually taken me to God's word and has taken me to Jesus's throne and at his feet and made me want to love him and understand him more and want to praise him more, want to worship him more. Instead, it made me want to go and fix myself or think, made me think, well, I just need to, I need to do better because that's what, that's what scripture is obviously telling me is that I need to be a better person. And that's also part of the problem with the books that we read. Um, again, big reader. So books and music are pretty much the two things I talk about a lot because that's what I spend my free time doing, like I said. Um, and so we, as females, we want people to tell us that we're good. We want people to tell us that we're acceptable and worthy. And we want people to just, we want people to tell us that whenever we are struggling, that all you have to do is pull up your bootstraps and get to work. We want people to kick us in our butts and tell us to get moving. We want people to basically make us start moving, make us start doing the work, make us start making the changes that we want to see in our life. Because sometimes we don't have the discipline to do it, or we don't have the motivation to do it. But I'm also someone who has learned that that only works for so long. It truly does. There's an author who wrote a book and she played it very smart. I will give her that. I will say that obviously she has made enough money off of this book because she played it smart, where she was able to hit multiple groups of women and not offend any of them enough to where they would all completely boycott her book. And so, you know, she targeted the, she targeted the believers, she targeted the non-believers, she targeted the um, heterosexual, she targeted the homosexual. She's, she has targeted all of them and she's done it very well. And she got a lot of praise for her book. And the sad thing is, is that her book was actually a number one seller in the Christian books. And it's not a Christian book, but as Women, we want people to tell us to just get going. We want people to tell us that sometimes all you got to do 
is you just got to take that step. You just got to take that first step. And then I promise your life is going to be better because you know what? Being a mom is hard. I can't speak from tons and tons of years of experience, but being a stepmom is not easy. So I can only imagine what it's like whenever you have multiple of them running around. So being a mom's hard, being a student, a good student on top of having a normal social life, on top of also having a job is hard. Trying to, commu- trying to continue to have friendships is hard. Trying to be in a relationship is hard. Being married is hard. Guys, everything that we face is hard because it's not supposed to be easy. That's the purpose of life. We are supposed to be feeling though this awkward tension that exists on the surface because we're not supposed to, we're not meant for earth. And so any book that is trying to tell you that you need to live your best life now or you need to oh, follow your heart, that statement just, that statement irks me a lot. But any book that's just telling you that you need to do something to make sure that your life is worth living and is at the end of it you can look back and be so proud of all that you accomplished is not a book that you really should be reading. As a believer, I do believe that you need to try and hold yourself to a higher standard than that. I truly do. Because, guys, God is so worth putting above all of that. He's absolutely worth it. And so I'm going to make the decision to put Christ above my desires to read certain books or to watch certain things or to listen to certain music. Because I know that while 80, 90 years, however long I have on this earth might seem like a long time, it is just a glimpse. It truly is a bat of an eye and that is it. And then I'm in eternity and I want to ensure that when I get there, God isn't looking at me and saying, do I know you? Depart from me. I don't want that. And I don't want that for you. But the reality is, is that whenever we spend our time looking at these things, trying to tell us that we're good people and that all we have to do to make ourselves feel better is to just get going, is taking you further and further away from a biblical truth that is one, we are not good people. We will never be good people, ever. We are constantly, every single second, every single millisecond of our lives in need of a saver. There is no, there's no way out of that. So we need to understand that it's okay that we're struggling because that's also a promise from scripture. But a lot of those Bibles don't want to, or a lot of the books don't want to say that. They want you to believe that your struggle, while there's other people that are doing it, it's still something that you can overcome. But sometimes there are struggles in your life that there's nothing you can do. Absolutely nothing that you can do to fix it. And so you know what those authors do? They write another book that then is like your part two of like, well, since it didn't work out the first time, here's the, here's some more advice 
onto how to make sure that it does happen this time. But when that doesn't happen, they're going to also probably have write a third book that you're going to then read because clearly you just you missed something out of the first two. But ladies, you need to guard your heart whenever it comes to that sort of stuff because there is nothing that you could ever do to be good enough. There's nothing that you can ever do to make sure that struggles don't come. There is nothing that you can ever do to make sure that your life on this side of heaven never feels attention, never feels a, an awkward pull, or never feels like it's overwhelming. Because it is. But those are all things that are trying to point you to Christ to show you, okay, yes, this might be hard. Raising kids may be really hard. Being married is really hard. But those things can be so beautiful if you would just take them to scripture and actually genuinely learn who God is. Because I promise when you see God in a way that you're supposed to actually see God as this incredible, almighty, sovereign being who sent his son to die on a cross for you because you can't, you can't ever do enough to have a right relationship with God. So he sent his son instead for you. And when you see that, when you see this God as that instead of a buffet, I'm going to come and pick and choose what I want. I'm going to come to him when I need, but that's it. Or I'm going to put him on that shelf so that he can see what's going on, so that he can be aware, so that I can kind of, you know, nod my head at him every once in a while. But for the rest of the time, I'm going to go and try to figure this out on my own. That, that God is only going to lead you to destruction. And I'm not saying that looking at God in the right way is ever go, is going to lead you away from struggle and is going to make sure that your life is all sunshine and rainbows because that is so not true. You can ask any of the apostles. Well, you can't, but you can read it in scripture. It, them, they literally walked with Jesus and they still had a hard life. They were right there with Jesus. Jesus himself did not always have sunshine and rainbows. So why should we be any different? And why, as Christians and as believers who believe that God has a plan for our future and has a purpose for us, why do we think that going to somebody else who is not taking you to Scripture? There are some women who write books that are incredible because their whole focus is how do we take what you're struggling with and put that into Scripture so that you can see that God is still over this. And those are incredible books. But there are some that if they, if they don't genuinely take you to the foot of Jesus, to the feet of Jesus, and make you want to just weep and praise him for the fact that we don't deserve any of this. We don't deserve any of the good that we're given, but we're given it because Christ made a sacrifice on our behalf. If these books are just telling you that, girl, you got enough girl power, you can do it. All you got to do is you just got to grab your bestie and a coffee, link arms, and you march and you make it happen. That's not going to work for you. All you're going to do is you guys are just going to march straight on to hell. And that is a 
terrifying thought. And that is something that I realized. And when that's what I'm saying, six months ago, when this shift started happening, it is a terrifying shift at one because I started realizing how wrong I was. But it's also a beautiful shift at the same time because it caused me to want to know where did I go wrong? How did I go wrong? And what in the world can I do to make sure that this never happens to anybody else? But the sad thing is, is that it is happening at a more frequent rate. And it's because we have social media and it's because we have more, we have more ways of being connected to different, um, to different sources And it's happening at an astonishing rate. So I'm speaking this from someone who has been there, from someone who, I'm going to be very blunt, I've read every single, well, I don't know if I've read every single one now, but up until a point, I read every single Jen Hatmaker book that was out there. When this happened, I realized that that cannot that can't be a book or a person that I endorse or that I allow myself to read because while, yes, she professes to be a Christian, there's still so much in her books that is not biblical. It's worded very similar, but it's not. It's just like whenever Satan was tempting Jesus. Satan was using scripture but it was out of context. So for the for those of us that don't know that, we read that and we think, "Wow. Satan was just Satan was just using scripture. Okay, that's pretty cool." But when you go and you start realizing, "Okay, no, he took that out of context because that's what Satan does. He uses people and he takes things out of context so that he can take you further away from Jesus." Then it brings a whole new picture. Think about the fact that at the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, Satan came as a serpent. Did God not just create all the beasts of the earth? So Satan used something yet again that God had created for his own good, quote unquote, good, so that Satan could get what he wanted. And praise the Lord, he does not win. So I'm going to read just a little part of Galatians. And it's because I believe that we have to start understanding that we do tend to put things in place of Jesus's gospel. We do tend to pick and choose the things that we like about it. And that's it. But that's still not the true gospel because it's not the full gospel. Or we'll put something in place of it and we'll say, well, this is this sounds better to me because it sounds more fair. Or this one makes me feel like a better person. So I'm going to follow this because that seems like the loving thing that God would want. But that's not true because if it's not in his word, then that's not what he's telling you. That's not the truth. So I'm going to read from Galatians. Um, it's going to be from chapter 1 says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, 
but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say it again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. That's Galatians 1, 6 through 9. And that is such a deep passage because this is happening all around us constantly. And I was falling into this trap over and over and over again and I had no idea. And it's my desire, again, to make sure that this doesn't happen to anybody else. So I'm about to I'm about to sign off, but I want you to just take a couple of days, look through the things that you've been reading, think through the music that you've been listening to, pay attention to the movies that you're watching. Anything that you spend your time doing that you are trying to use to either become a better person or to grow close to the Lord, really pay close attention to. Is it actually taking you closer to God? Is it actually showing you who you are, which is not good? Or is it trying to build you up to be this incredible person who does not know, who no longer needs Christ? I don't want you to fall into that like I did. I love you, and I'm so thankful that you spent your time listening to this, and I promise that I will try and get another one out um, next week, but I also said that the last time, and that didn't happen, <laughs> so um, I just, I pray for you, and I pray that pray that God does a mighty work in you, and that you're able to experience Christ in the real form of who He is, of our true Savior, who had He did not have to come. He didn't, but he did. And that's exciting for us. And it's something that we should never lose sight of, even amidst our struggles. But I thank you for listening again. And I hope that you have a great day and a great week. And I pray that you will just go and praise God from whom all blessings flow.